Hi, everyone, and welcome to another week's episode on Circling the Rabbit Hole podcast, a safe space where we endeavor to have conversations around more sensitive topics, especially so to do with sexual, reproductive, and related mental health. This week on the podcast, we're going to be discussing something that's pretty sensitive, and I'd like to start off by issuing a trigger warning around violence of many forms. It's unfortunate that we have gotten to this place, but as we've seen in Kenya today, we are struggling with an issue around sexual, gender, and um, other forms of violence, as well as femicide. We've gotten to a place where, honestly, it's difficult not to feel emotional about the topic. It's difficult not to feel anger and also not to understand what's going on, especially so as a female, because we are worst affected. Today we're going to be discussing GBV and femicide from a male perspective as I grapple to try and understand why we are where we are. And I want to bring you along for the conversation so that we sort of hear a male take on the topic. And I think I found exactly the right person for this conversation, um, Rick Sport, who is joining me today to have... <sighs> I'm going to be emotional, I think. It's one of those conversations where it's difficult to take it lightly or look at it in a way that's without the weight that it requires. But we are in a very sad, sad state in the country. We are struggling with violence against women that doesn't make any sense. And I'm sure because you are an advocate, um, you have these conversations on the ground level on a daily basis. More than anyone else, you understand where we are, and maybe hopefully a little bit about how we got here. So before I keep ranting and go on forever, <laughs> uh, maybe we can start off with you introducing yourself. Yeah. As always, I ask for a shameless plug, so plug your social media handles as well, or where we can find you, okay. and especially because you also have a podcast, so I'd want yeah. you to talk about that as well. <laughs> Let me start with the podcast. Okay. <laughs> I run a podcast called Nothing Underneath. Mm -hmm. It's a space where we tell the sex stories of everyday Africans. Okay. Yeah. Not just celebrities. Like right. everybody who's having sex or not having sex right. can come and share their story. Mm -hmm. I am really passionate about sex mm -hmm. um, in all its forms mm -hmm. and its politics as right. well. Right. I am a poet. I write and perform poetry, mm -hmm. especially around um, social justice mm -hmm. and erotica. Okay. Uh, apart from that, I tell stories mm -hmm. in helping to challenge the harmful norms mm -hmm. of heteromasculinity. So mm -hmm. that's masculinity in the form in which most of us are used to right. knowing it as. Yeah. Other than that, I'm really just a happy dude who's happy to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> so um, mm. for your personal page, maybe you can give us that, the handle. Yes. Uh, Instagram is Rick's Poet, mm -hmm. R-I-X-P-O-E-T, mm -hmm. the same for TikTok, mm -hmm. and Onyango Tieno on Facebook. Okay. Yes. And for the podcast? Uh, nothing underneath podcast, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. Yes. Thanks. So like I said, you're probably one of the best voices on this conversation because I know you've also, just along your journey, and we'll talk a bit more about it, mm -hmm. received a lot of pushback, mm -hmm. a lot of hate, negativity, because you are... Um, what we would consider sex positive mm -hmm. and sex in itself is a taboo conversation in general. We 
sort of have a culture where we would rather not talk about something that everyone is either doing or not doing. It's yeah. it's a normal part of life. Yeah. And yet, um, with like with previous conversations I've had on the podcast, we refuse to talk about just the basics of how to name body parts. Yes. So how are we going to even have conversations around sex? Um, so let's start historically. Mm. Were you always someone who considered themselves sex positive? Um, did you grow up with male influence of any kind that drove you in that direction? Yeah. Uh, was it straightforward? Was it a straightforward path for you? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, nobody has ever asked me that question, actually. <laughs> I endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I. it wasn't straightforward, but I would think poetry was the window. Okay. For me, mm -hmm. writing, I used to write a lot of love poems mm -hmm. when I was been a hopeless romantic for some time. Right, okay. <laughs> a dying breed, sadly. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the funny bit about it is, you know, my consciousness of sex going back goes back to when I was 12. Mm -hmm. The first time I had uh, wet dreams, mm -hmm. you know, classics, and they're teaching us about this thing, but then there's no much detail. Mm -hmm. I just remember one day waking up in the middle of the night yeah. and I thought I wanted to pee. Right. But then the thing that came out <laughs> was thick right. and it felt good. And I was like, what is this what thing? Is you know, on? I want to yeah. experience it again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but then it took a bit of a while, maybe until when I was 20. Um, and I've been vocal about this thing. Mm. Um, my first ever physical, like, uh, sexual experience with another human being mm -hmm. was abuse. Right. Yeah. Right. Because um, before that, I was just pleasuring myself and mm -hmm. I didn't even know that thing had a name. Mm -hmm. Right. So after the abuse happened and mm -hmm. it happened in the, in the hands of a, a house manager. Right. Um, I think something changed. Right. Because mm -hmm. at the time I was studying in Uganda, I was doing my A-level. Okay. So I moved from home and I went back to school. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was uh, a serious situation because it actually gave me uh, like a, like an STI kind of thing. Okay. So I had to treat myself using right. my pocket money, right. which was, was a my... lot of money. It's <laughs> going to be my next question. Did you have anyone you could talk to about there this? There was nobody. It was so Nothing. chaotic. And yeah. you see now, we because I was in an SDS school, Claire, Ooh. okay? Ooh, okay. That Ooh. tells you. <laughs> okay. So okay. this thing really ate me up mm. until, and you know the way us guys are, like umenyamazia kit when you're dying, yeah. you know? So it got to a point I couldn't keep it to myself anymore mm -hmm. so I, I opened up to my deskmate who mm -hmm. happened to be it was a mixed school as well so it was like my deskmate was the head girl of the school okay and and jean was really good people mm -hmm. so i told jean yo man hey at the time me i thought that is actually sex that happened it's like 10 years later that i realized mm -hmm. i had actually been abused yeah. so i said oh man me me i had sex mm -hmm. this these holidays you know and it was unprotected and this happened to me and i'm mm -hmm. actually suffering mm -hmm. And she gave me the courage to go to the dispensary mm -hmm. to get myself treated. Yeah. I didn't even tell my friends who we were sleeping with in the same dorm. Right. You know, yeah. nobody else yeah. in that school knew what, knew was, what going was going on, on with on, me. Yeah. Shame. Of course. 
you know, like you're scared, yeah. what's gonna happen? Yeah. This is just my first time. Am True. I gonna die? True. You know, yeah. is it supposed to be like this? Yeah, you know, yeah. there was nobody even ever told me how sex is feels mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. before that. We were just using porn, and then those years. We didn't have these smartphones yeah, at yeah. the CGI oh, team. Yeah. <laughs> XXX videos <laughs> we had polyphonic phones. Yeah. The ones where you open the Google screen and you have to wait for this thing it to loads, come. It and, you know, pixelated exactly. process. Really patient That's even true. through the seasons. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the next day I, I went to the doctor mm-hmm. and um, it was a really chill male um practitioner that i got there who was mm-hmm. very kind with me okay that's good and um he looked at my manhood and made some tests mm-hmm. and he told me to come the next day for the results mm-hmm. it was like the longest 24 hours of my life mm-hmm. and then i went and i remember going back to the office to his office and he had like a fanta sat on the table and i was like this is it <laughs> Animation, <laughs> Mimi. Mambuyangu animation. Yeah, like I knew because this is like psychologically, okay, it was right. like, oh, He's he plans to, to yeah, yeah. talk to me, okay, okay, prepare yeah. the space and yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, and then he he he's actually the only man ever in my life who mm. ever gave me some kind of sex education. Okay. Because right. he told me, you know, this is what happened to you. You got some kind of fungi. Um, you know, when you want to have sex, especially with people you don't know, mm-hmm. uh, try use protection. Right, yeah. And that was it. Okay. That was okay. That was it. That was the know? extent yeah. of your sex ed. So me, I just remember, oh, after being educated a little bit, mm. now I said, okay, now it's time to explore. Right. So I'd go, I'd go to Kampala, and uh, you know, now I said, let me, let me see, let me see what this city has for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I would pay for sex okay. in Kampala. Right. You know, um, they have a very happy street over there mm-hmm. where you can go and um, choose what you like mm-hmm. and, you know, enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually after that, that was like kind of like my beginning, you know, of the sex thing and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there wasn't too much thought about it. I was just enjoying myself, exploring. But then when I began therapy, say, so that was 2209. So I began therapy in 2017, Mm -hmm. some good years later after falling to depression and everything. And now, you know, of course, you're going to a therapist and they're asking you about your history, yeah, how did you yeah. grow up, blah, blah, blah. And I go back and, you know, we talk about this space where mm-hmm. the abuse happened mm-hmm. and the time I start going out. And we talk about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we think, okay, maybe you became a little hypersexual as a response to what happened okay yeah and we had to deal with that Mm -hmm. all right and that was one part of it Mm -hmm. the other part was Mm -hmm. i actually learned that i i i enjoy sex Mm -hmm. i love sex i love fun and i love pleasure Mm -hmm. in responsible ways of course you see yeah um and 
all these things came together with my own internal revolutions mm -hmm. of questioning religion, questioning my masculinity, mm -hmm. questioning my identity uh, in the class that I was brought up, brought up in, mm -hmm. questioning politics, mm -hmm. questioning everything that's going on in the world. Yeah. And so in as much as in some circles, I may be known so much to be vocal about sex. Mm -hmm. I am also really vocal about many other important things to me, like right, like yeah. social justice, yeah. like um, this masculinity thing that we are really, you know, huddling each other around about, mm -hmm. you know. And, and um, when I also look back at my family, which mm -hmm. is part of the trauma work, mm -hmm. uh, my dad came from a polygamous home. Okay. And there were many kids. Like right. grandpa gave birth to like thirty kids. Oh, wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow, it was okay. uh, three wives. Okay, a lot was going on right. there. It was a big village. It was a city, mm, that place, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, in my village, it, because it was a big village, mm. they used to have this um, music hangouts, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So people would converge there to dance. Nice. Okay. Right. Like okay. at night, they have this bigger speakers right. and people coming in. But then there was also a lot of sex that was going on. Right. At the same gathering. Yes. Okay. Like with right. my uncles and whatever. Right. And people we were just teenagers. Mm, you see. Right. And you see we were kids. And yeah. I mean, you see what's going on. Yeah, you course. just don't know there's a language to it. Yeah. For that. Um, and I realized that, uh, you know, my people were very sexual. Mm -hmm. They were very sexual. And sex was actually part and parcel of culture it wasn't something outside of it mm -hmm. like people joked about sex mm -hmm. they had it a lot mm -hmm. um and even going further back even in the local community um sex was also used for different rituals right okay different kind of rituals which you are you are today luo person may not even be aware of right. yeah whether we were harvesting, whether mm. we were celebrating something at home. Okay. Sex was right. part of it was part joy. Of the culture. It was part of the yeah. thing, right. you know. So those things helped me deal with the shame, okay. especially that I had to deal with from, from religion mm. and, you know, bro brought up a Catholic, being an SDA, mm -hmm. being a Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. There was so much shame attached mm -hmm. to, to sex. Mm. Um, and when I was coming to myself, I realized, okay, there's a part of me that had trauma about this thing, right. but this is not going to to be my de, uh, my defining, my defining yeah. uh, identity right. around yeah. around sex. Like yeah. I dealt with it, it happened. I've been open about it, mm -hmm. um, and then there is this part where pleasure. Uh, sexual pleasure as part of my own liberation process, as mm -hmm. part of me enjoying my own life, mm -hmm. uh, it, it also existing. Yeah. Um, and and now as an artist, as a creative, looking at my environment, my society, my mm -hmm. culture, and seeing that we are actually having a lot of problems here. Mm. Actually, on both sides, the violent side of sex and the pleasure side of sex, right. you know? Yeah. Um, again, because of the shame we carry about this thing, um, when it happens to us or violently, it's shut down, mm -hmm. it's put under the carpets mm -hmm. and you can't talk about it. True. And then this one, you're having it, but in hiding, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and I know a two, two or three things about hiding because that's how I was brought that up was, at home. Right. Yeah. You know, you can't speak, you can't mm. talk. And mm. my dad was really violent towards right. us and myself and okay. my mom and everybody else at home. Mm -hmm. So 
being an artist, I like coming out mm-hmm. and talking mm-hmm. about these things that my environment is struggling to speak about, right. you know? Yeah. And sex happens to be one of one them. One of them, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned your dad being violent. So again, we're talking about gender-based violence yeah. and femicide specifically. For the average man in Kenya, growing up in households that are violent, especially where the male figure, father figure, is a violent person, how much influence do you think that has with what we are seeing now? Mm-hmm. Because, again, I'm just one of those people trying to understand how we got yeah. to such a bad situation. Yeah. What do you think that imprinted, for example, that you, since you lived through that experience, what do you think the imprinting was in terms of what masculinity is and yeah. how you handle females in your life? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Like, I witnessed men in my upbringing mm-hmm being vehemently violent towards children mm-hmm. and towards women. Right. From such a young age, it was so clear mm. where a woman belonged. It right. was so clear. Right, okay. It was so clear, yeah. like you were not fumbling that, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Just by the way, my uncles, especially from my dad's side, mm-hmm. can my mom's side, things were really chill. My dad's side, there were many, there was so much chaos and uh, grandpa was just uh, a crazy dude, man. And um, the way he treated his wives, the way he treated his children, and then the way he treated his male kids mm-hmm. from his daughters mm-hmm. was also different. Right, okay. I, there's a story because my mom was married at by 19. Mm-hmm. So they'd go to that village and see what's going on. And she told me a story one time where grandpa would call his male kids mm-hmm. to his house because he had his own house yeah, in, yeah. in the village. Yeah. And he would give his male kids like soup and nyama and these nice things. Mm. And the girls would just eat mboga with their mothers. Really? My friends. <laughs> I mean, what did we do not to you deserve know, meat? And it's right <laughs> sure. there. Yeah. It's right yeah. there. Like so it's already clear. What would this boy yeah. grow up thinking about his sisters? Of course, yeah. And and generally the women around him. Mm. If his father mistreats the the wives, their mothers, mm-hmm. and it is over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so clear because the patriarch of the home is the source of power, the yeah. authority, and everything. Yeah. And kuzidisha in our culture, or not even this one wasn't formerly our culture, but now in the religions that we have now, mm-hmm. um, God also takes the shape of a man. Mm-hmm. True. Now these things are together, yeah. right? Yeah. The symbol of a man, the symbol of power and authority on earth takes the shape of a man. Mm-hmm. And the symbol of authority and power in heaven takes the, the shape, shape of, of a, a man. man. And I don't know you, who decided that. Exactly. <laughs> you have no chance True. as a woman, True. as a queer person. Yeah. And also as a man who doesn't associate True. with that thing. True. You yeah. don't have a chance, yeah. right? Right. So... Um, me seeing also what my dad was at home, I questioned a lot of that violence. It was crazy, crazy things. Some mm-hmm. of which, Claire, I have never spoken about mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. in public. That's understandable. Yes, as, as well. vocal yeah. as I still have been. Like, kuna vitu sijai sema. True. You know? Um, I speak about them maybe in conversations and mm-hmm. meeting up people and everything. And the more I talk about them, the more I realize how deeply serious things really, really, really were. Mm. 
Um, and, you know, sometimes I also do trauma coaching for mm-hmm. people and, you know, people come to you with stories of experiences they thought were normal for a Kenyan household. Right. Yeah. Until you make them realize, fam, this was yeah, violence. Yeah. This was really at your kina mama walikuwa tu wana fight kidogo nyumbani. It's hard to believe <laughs> that we can we've gotten to a place where we've normalized yes. violence. Yeah, because it's, it's so common. You know. It's the yeah, only thing you've grown up you know. knowing. So when you hear that men are violent, it yeah. doesn't surprise yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But that's just so and th- that's what my grandma would tell my mother, you know. Oh, wow. Men are just like that yeah. because their husband was like that. Of course, yeah. And yeah. all their lives, men have been like true, that. True. You see. And again, if you're married young, what other experience do you, you have? You don't have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so interrogating these mannerisms from mm. the men around me, like the adult men. I mean, there are there are a few really great gentle uncles, mm-hmm. I must say. Mm. But then when the violence was happening it was so dehumanizing mm-hmm. to the women mm-hmm. our aunties my mom it was really dehumanizing mm-hmm. like they made it known that they actually despised these people right you know in yeah. the manner in which the violence was happening yeah uh, sometimes it was being beaten up in public mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um or somebody actually breaks your hand or oh. you know i have seen my mom like akivutwa nywele mpaka damu inatoka hapa kwa hairline you know and blood all over the house and the next day we are showing up in that house like nothing like happened nothing jana happened. Yeah. yeah you know nobody talks about it mm-hmm. we are just rolling into the days mm-hmm. i'm going to school i'm meeting up other students Nobody is talking about what happened in their home so True. I can't say so you can't say what you happened know? in yours. Hey, umetokea yeah. tu na kriba kwa yeah. bug. You don't have a comparison either because Nothing. if you're not talking to each other. Yeah, there's a lot not. of children you learn from what someone else the conversations yes. you have with the, yes. your friends in school. Yes. So if you're not talking about this issue, how do you there. know it's not normal? Right. So yeah. you think it's only in your house, yeah. you know. Yeah. So then I took a little bit of growing up because um, by the time I was in my teenage years, mm. I was rebelling mm-hmm. right and uh, cuz i didn't like violence mm-hmm. i didn't like the fact that my dad was beating me up and he had this very angry ways of mm-hmm. showing his um displeasure right. you know yeah he would carry me and throw me to the wall he would stomp my head with his f- he would do crazy mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Then I started running away from home mm-hmm. because home was too much yeah. for me yeah. and I was a street boy a couple of times mm-hmm. hanging out with like sex workers on Kenanga street right. and just as a 16 year old seeing all that mayhem happening mm-hmm. in the streets I shouldn't be there mm-hmm. you know um but then as I'm growing up I'm realizing oh this violence wasn't just happening in my home mm-hmm. it's in my neighborhood mm-hmm. Because oh, now you're a, having more conversations yeah. with people around Actually, you. Actually, no, I'm seeing. Or oh, you're just watching. Yeah, All right, I've been an okay. observant child yeah. from such a young age. Yeah. I'm seeing. It's on the TV. Right. You know, yeah. like... Even when uh, I'm watching all these blockbuster movies, mm-hmm. the men are still more violent. Mm-hmm. And especially to other men and to kids and to women. Mm. You know, it was very... In very rare occasions did I see around me women were... as violent as i saw mm-hmm. men being men, right. it was it was like very dehumanizing mm-hmm. 
And beyond that, then I'm starting to see, oh, uh, there's a way we understand authority and power and violence. There's a way they are connected, mm -hmm. you know. Now I'm getting to around 17 years old and um, I started going to protests actually as young as right. that. Yeah. Uh, I remember 2006 when uh, the government, um, they they got into KTN at the time mm -hmm. at INM because uh, mm -hmm. of this freedom of media speech stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And I went out there to protest. Uh, and I'm, as I'm there as well, I'm still seeing seeing men as figures of power in, in my culture. Mm -hmm. um, it was these men who were coming out in rallies, speaking in protests. It was these men we were being told about in, on the news. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Kwanzaa back in the day, KBC, when news starts, it's just the face of Moi plastered over yep. there on yep. the screen, True. you know. So men were everywhere yeah. where power was concerned. True. You That's get. very true. Things yeah. are a bit different now. We've started to see more women. And well, yes. again, for, after a lot of hard work as well. Yes. But that's very true. Back in the day, exactly. the figureheads, so it to speak, always men. was always men. And still, to a big chunk of it, it's yeah, still what still is there. Is, yeah. I, 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 I questioned that from such a young age. Mm. And I was like, why is this the way the world is operating? Because mm. now I started connecting the mannerisms of my dad mm -hmm. at home mm -hmm. with how the whole structure of violence looked like in, in patriarchy. Right. Because they were the same thing. Yeah. 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 This person doesn't want you to challenge them. Mm -hmm. they, they want you to be yes all the time to mm -hmm. what they want mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. You yeah. don't have space to speak. True. You can't be different from them. True. I can't handle that. You have to conform. That. You I, have yeah, to I, conform. I, you know. Or we beat you out. Yeah, basically. you're beaten out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's why we were always fighting with my dad. Right. Because I just... I got to a point I just could not take it anymore. Yeah. But then that also, quote-unquote, was some kind of a twisted gift mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. That uh, alteration between me and my dad mm -hmm. was kind of a gift to me because it allowed me to question every okay. other thing right. yeah. in my life, okay. you know. Yeah. So the violence we are witnessing today does not exist in a vacuum. True. The other missing piece is um, high school for boys, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, in many of our boarding schools in high school, mm. boys are brutalized. Mm -hmm. They are brutalized by older boys. Mm -hmm. They are brutalized by the administration. Mm -hmm. And these administrations that we are having in many high schools, for boys' high schools, mm -hmm. were really just... Uh, an inheritance from colonial, colonial systems no, of education. Yeah, true. That's true. It's the same thing. We just changed the players, yeah, right? Yeah. But the thinking carried, is very yeah, white supremacist. Forward what we were taught. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. You get that when you see a boy on the corner, you first think of him as a criminal, mm -hmm. not as a human being, mm -hmm. not as a student, mm -hmm. not as a child who needs help, a true. criminal. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Now, Many of us out here are living with stories we've never even shared mm. from high school. Mm -hmm. yeah. when, when I see the chaos on social media in our relationships mm. and in our homes, mm. I understand it because I see where it came from. Right. My father learned from his father. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandfather had been a soldier in the Second World War, mm -hmm. uh, fought in Burma, came back home. 
his head was never the same. Right. He probably course, yeah. suffered a lot of PTSD, but nobody picked it up. I mean, what was therapy back exactly. then? Exactly. <laughs> Not even a word it. in it's our consciousness, even, exactly, right? Yeah. Even though we did have traditional means of mm. healing and mm-hmm. some of these things are, were what the colonialists took away from us. Mm-hmm. So we were left with nothing True. to deal with our pain. Yeah. Violence is what took up that space mm-hmm. against one another, mm-hmm. right? And so now it becomes intergenerational. Yeah. Yeah. And now the religion is also telling you the man is the head of the home. Yeah. And God is a man. And you're supposed to submit as a woman. Submit. Submit, submit. And as a child. Yeah. Do this, do that as much as he wants. Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah. That is already violence. The thought already is violent. Especially so because you're teaching this in a space where violence is the norm. If my figurehead, if the one I'm supposed to be submitting to has been taught nothing but violence, then that's the propagation. So if church says submit to your husband, yeah. but your husband is violent, you're supposed to accept that as the normal, yeah. which is really unfortunate. Even, even, the communi- even the fact that the communication around submission alone, mm. we start from there. Mm. That is violent mm-hmm. already mm. because there is nowhere on earth where when somebody starts their life you tell them your role in your life is to submit to, to this else. other human being yeah. that is violent yeah. just because of your identity mm. that is violent mm. it is also violent to men but they don't see it mm-hmm. that they are being told you are above mm-hmm. there's a quote that says whoever you pedestalize mm-hmm. you also put on a cross true that's actually so very true you know? anyone you put on a pedestal yeah we are human. Yeah, you're, you're bound to yeah, fail, but exactly. now you'll fall further you will. because you put me all the way up there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not working. Mm. It has never worked. True. Okay. I also think because we have a huge difference now from then. Yes, we're coming from a space where we are taught about violence as being sort of the norm in our societies, in the communities, which then explains some of the narratives we see. When we've had cases of women being killed, it's blamed on the victim. Yeah. And you sort of start to understand that it's because of how we are mentally, where where we are coming from, from our teachings from young, that, of course, if, I mean, you don't hold the killer yeah. or the man accountable because yeah. he just did what is normal, yeah. the violence. Yes. You blame the girl for mm-hmm. being there or for putting herself in that situation yeah. or for, now it's about money these days, for yes. taking his money, yes. for eating the pizza that he <laughs> bought for you. I mm. mean, it's actually gotten to a point where I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> but the the, I think a big thing that we see, a big change that has happened, and it's sort of making the violence become more prominent, is the fact that we have, over the years, also had a lot of women empowerment. So now women are not just being married off at 16, 14. They're going to school. They're getting jobs. They have their own money. But I'm supposed to still submit Mm -hmm. to said violent Mm -hmm. partner. Of course, now there's pushback. Now women are speaking up and saying, absolutely not. So if you're not correcting the baseline, but you're changing the arm of the victim, yeah. of course we're going to see. Definitely. Because then I feel like it also pushes. <laughs> so red pill content. <laughs> <laughs> we were yeah. talking behind the scenes and I mentioned for this episode, I was doing a little bit of research because yeah. I am very careful with what I consume online just because of how the space has become. But so that I could understand what I was going to talk about, I started to look up um, misogynistic content online, um, red pill content 
what are they called incels mm-hmm. that that's sort of territory mm-hmm. yo i didn't survive <laughs> 15 minutes <laughs> i was triggered in so many ways yeah. but it seems like there's a lot of men who still believe or now have actually dug down even more because they feel like they're fighting against women being empowered as a direct threat to them yeah. as men yeah what's your opinion about that side of things because i feel like those ones now it's an extreme yes yeah. but it is becoming more common please of course um they are fighting something mm. um superficially they think women are their enemies mm-hmm. um they think women are the reason the world is the way it is for the man mm-hmm. but they don't know it's actually more powerful men who've created this disorder mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm because of what patriarchy is patriarchy is a double edged sword mm-hmm. okay on one side it harms women mm-hmm. but it starts by harming men mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. you see because for you to continue being a, a foot soldier for this thing we mm-hmm. have to train you to be in a certain way yeah. for you to continue doing it you to serve me to, to continue becoming exactly you know the powerful yeah. human i am i yeah. need you to act a certain role yeah. for me yeah but deeper it's also um the fight for resources mm-hmm. okay and this is where we have to interconnect it with capitalism mm-hmm. okay um where we are now talking about you know these guys complaining about pizza and mm-hmm. spending on the women mm-hmm. the women women only love them when they have money they have and money. Yeah. something to spend and when they don't have they don't feel seen mm-hmm. okay um the way the world of capital is set up mm-hmm. um men were initially poor men were initially uh the laborers mm-hmm. you know and it was set up in such a way that this labor you're being paid very little money mm-hmm. so that you can attempt to take care of your woman and your children True. okay it is incredibly unsustainable mm-hmm. because of the heavy burden it has on your body mm-hmm. okay and on your spirit mm-hmm. because at the workplace there is no space to be a human being True. okay True. now everybody had to learn to survive mm-hmm. in this kind of situation Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Down here at home, we didn't have that kind of thing. Labor was also divided. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of things communally. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, somebody is telling you, this house you're living in, which you even built, mm-hmm. you have to pay tax. You have to pay tax on it, yeah. It doesn't make sense. True. Now, ile shamba yenye ilikuwa yako, now you're laboring. Mm-hmm. But everything you pick from it you give us you give us yeah. and then we give you some small small coins mm-hmm. as appreciation true. true you know yeah. all that is abuse mm. okay now what we don't know is that men are grieving for mm. some from something they don't understand mm. right they're grieving from the pressure they're grieving from a misunderstanding of the impetus of this situation mm. So it is easy to blame the women because that's what's easy it's here mm, it's right mm, here yeah. we don't have the consciousness to go back in time and the emotional 
bandwidth mm. to sit with these emotions and want to understand where is this really coming, coming from. from. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. The easy thing to do is to take it out, to take the frustration out mm-hmm. on the person who I perceive to be weak mm-hmm. in my head. Yeah. So that's women and children. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's where all of these crazy things uh, are coming from. Mm. Okay. Now, the fact that um, we've had women also being empowered and it, and I think one thing we fail to realize is it didn't just wake, we didn't just wake up and women were empowered. Mm-hmm. Women have had to die mm-hmm. for this empowerment That's to true. start. That's true. We don't talk about that yeah. part. Like women have been working tirelessly over the years true. to make sure that you know, reproductive health policy, mm. gender policies, mm-hmm. voting, mm-hmm. all this stuff, True. education, yeah. you know, yeah. women have been, that, for men didn't just wake up on the sasa ni wakati, wanawake wawezi kuenda shule. It never, didn't happen. Never, because it's, if, yeah, it's not to your advantage. Exactly. Yeah. If we are really being honest about these conversations, mm. it's not us who said, oh, now... Let's take women to school, girls to school, you know. Now let's reduce, uh, you know, consent of age, marriageable, whatever. Mm. Nah, fam. Mm. Like women have really just been pushing back for yeah. the longest time. For the longest okay? time, true. We don't have education about that. Mm. So we now think it's just spoiled women waking up being feminists mm-hmm. and making noise yeah. online. But yeah. there's a long streak of um, lives that have been lost. Sometimes uh, men's allies' lives as well that mm-hmm. have been lost in just us as a society trying to humanize mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. you know. And we always have to go beyond yeah. because as at now, it looks as if it's only man-woman mm-hmm. thing. True. But we have queer people and children mm-hmm. in this same violence. Mm. Okay? True. All of which that is being instigated by patriarchy here at the top. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. So, again, resources. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of the thing is because these guys are angry that they are working so hard, they're not getting enough money, mm-hmm. and the woman can only love them if, if they, they have, have these money. resources, yeah. you yeah. get. Mm-hmm. So it's really a matter of resources. Yeah. If they had a lot of these resources, they don't. This pressure maybe would not have not been be there. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, as a man, I think it takes a lot of self-love mm. to sit yourself down and ask yourself the way I think of a woman. Mm-hmm really reflects back to the way I think of myself. Mm-hmm. The way I think of queer people, the way I think of any group of humans whom I think are lesser mm-hmm. or have been socialized or conditioned to be lesser mm-hmm. really reflects on who I am. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite writers called Toni Morrison, um, she was speaking this in relation to race, mm-hmm. but it applies to all groupings really. And, mm-hmm. and she said, if you only have to feel strong when somebody else is on their knees, mm-hmm. then you have a serious problem. The problem is you. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You the know, problem is you. You do have a serious problem. Yeah. If we, I'm only strong when somebody's submitting to yeah. me, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what really? Because yeah, are you then actually strong? Really? Yeah. And that's where the phrase fragile masculinity comes mm-hmm. from. Because mm-hmm. Claire, if we are dating, I have no business 
trying to control who you hang out with, mm-hmm. what you drink or don't drink, how I dress, how, how I you wear dress, my hair, how you speak, what time I get home. See, you know, <laughs> you're nah. supposed to. You're my represent. You're an extension of me. The hell, huh? you're not a child. <laughs> You know that child, gee, this rib nonsense yeah, things, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Surely. <laughs> Surely. Yeah, we are yeah. stooping that low. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to but me. But no, but it's honestly, these are the conversations that we are refusing to have. But realistically, if you've taught men that they can only be strong if women submit and children, to them. Yes. And children. And on any other, like you said, marginalized yes. groups. Yes. First of all, it's the reason we have ma- marginalized yeah. groups. It's the reason we have groups that are seen as lesser than because someone sat somewhere historically and told us, like you said, men are the supreme being. Yeah. And so everyone else, depending on how far you fall, because yes. again, we fall <laughs> further and further, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you have to figure out how you work your way through that. Mm-hmm. I think... One of the biggest ways to combat it tends to be education. And just the baseline of me trying to have people talk about sexual health, about reproductive health from a young age has so much pushback because, again, it's so foreign from the Mm. narratives that we've already grown up in. And from just taking a bit from your story, a lot of the challenges you had to overcome came from lack of information, from a lack of someone telling you this is normal, this is not normal, this is okay, this is not okay. If something happens to you, this is who you come to. Come to me, let's talk about it. You didn't have that at all. And the fact that we continue to allow our children not to have safe spaces, conversations around their bodies, around consent, around um, like if if it's a boy talking about reproductive health of girls as well, because... Again, yeah. how does this work? Yeah. If I only know mine and yeah. then you only know yours. Yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> what are we expecting? So yeah. I do believe, like what you're talking about, we're just not having conversations and it's propagating an evil to become worse. Mm. It's not that femicide is new. That's the other thing. True. We may be talking about it a lot now because we are seeing or we are spotlighting cases, but it's not that it's unique. It's yeah. not that last year, this time, there weren't as many deaths. It's just that, yes, we are now talking about it. What I don't know, or maybe what I I would want to hear from you is you came round from a space of violence to actually, let me tell you, yours. (laughs) (laughs) Yours is an overcoming of the extreme because, Uh. again... (laughs) Your pushback is a pushback. I know. Sometimes even me, I'll watch your videos and I'm like, Ricks, you woke up, hey, bada, chill, chill. We're, we're, we're only just dipping our toes, <laughs> chill. <laughs> I know. But how, how did you navigate coming from a space where violence was the norm mm. to being sex positive, to mm. being positive and pushing back against, like you said, fragile masculinity, toxic masculinity, mm. and actually embracing, encouraging for women to have a safe space and to be empowered and stand up and be able to speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. How did you navigate that journey? Because now I'm curious. <laughs> hey, oh man, I've been through the trenches. It's mm-hmm. not been as sexy as it looks mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the beginning, I didn't have a language for mm-hmm. what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh I was disenfranchised in our in our home. Mm-hmm. I was my body was vandalized, mm-hmm. like I was some piece of property. Mm-hmm. Uh, my voice was stifled, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. Clear, mm-hmm. oh, every single minute of it. Mm-hmm. That 
anything I felt did not have space to express. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hated it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a part of me that is also lucky that uh, my maternal side of the family, Mm -hmm. we had a grandpa who was the complete opposite of this other side. On my mom's side of the family, Mm -hmm. um, they were really happy people. Mm -hmm. So I have memories of... Whenever I'd visit them, I I can I can remember I can remember hearing them laugh throughout mm. the night. Mm-hmm. They were just telling stories right. with each other, yeah. and people would wake up in the morning and have breakfast, and they were just joyous faces, right. you know. Yeah. So my body would register that as safety, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I would gravitate more towards these people who are joyful, Mm -hmm. they were peaceful, there was no fighting, you know. So for me, the beginning of imagining a man being gentle Mm -hmm. started with my maternal grandma. That man, even if he was angry, he never rose his voice. He was always chill, Mm -hmm. you see. So I knew in my heart that I didn't have to be girl mm. the way my society was telling me, the way my right. dad wanted me to be yeah. and other quarters of my culture. Mm. I knew I didn't have to be that because grandpa was really a really gentle person. Yeah. But even deeper was the fact that I didn't like how violence felt to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that was something I wanted to identify with. Mm-hmm. Not to say I... I I completely escaped it Mm -hmm. because if I'm being honest, and this is why for me these stories are important to Mm -hmm. say, in my first years of dating, I wasn't always kind. Mm -hmm. I remember coming off as quite nonchalant Mm -hmm. in some instances. Mm -hmm. Um, There are partners I should have treated better, right? right? Um, communicated better. Mm. Um, be uh, I would I should have been more honest in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be nice, overly nice, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to be loved so bad, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I wasn't honest again in some 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 sometimes, um, and so in as much as maybe physically i was never violent with one another any person mm-hmm. sometimes emotionally i was mm-hmm. yeah sometimes it also be manipulative right, right? i do remember uh, those first years mm-hmm. in my 20s somewhere mm-hmm. there and some of those things took time to shake off right. so they yeah. went as they reduced as i continued yeah. asking yeah, to probing actively unlearn yes yeah. so even today claire yeah. Yeah, yeah. there are people when I look back, there are people who don't have good memories of me. Right. And the part about forgiving myself mm. is one of the hardest jobs mm-hmm. I've ever had to do. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, this person probably feels I'm a devil. Mm. I didn't do this thing right here yeah. and then and there, yeah. you know. Um, and I know even today, because I'm a bit visible, they see me mm. and wonder. They wonder is this the same guy? Why weren't you <laughs> like this? Or maybe they don't believe that you're different. Some, that's also some people possible. also don't. Yeah, yeah and that's I possible. totally would understand that. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. I remember there was a maybe three or four years ago, you know, somebody I'd tried to have a thing with um, wrote me a message 
uh, on Instagram and she said she's told a lot about the work I do mm-hmm. around mental health and mm-hmm. these gender conversations because, you know, Twitter, people throw stones at me a mm-hmm. lot. And that's not the memory she has of me, mm-hmm. you know. Right. yeah. Uh, now, I had even forgotten what could have happened mm-hmm. uh, between us. But then the responsible thing to do in that moment was to say, you know, first of all, I'm sorry for this thing that I must have done mm-hmm. to pain you this much. Mm-hmm. I am willing to offer space that we talk about it mm-hmm. in a way that will make you feel that there was a person I was that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And I'm willing to offer space for you to, you know, expel this pain and anger in mm-hmm. a conversation, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this person was emotionally not ready right. to to have that talk. Yeah. But then that's something I have to live with. Yeah. That yeah. when I go back, all this trauma and not knowing myself and being angry, I was also angry, mm-hmm. made me hurt people, mm-hmm. right? And because I told myself, I don't like this violence and how it feels. Mm-hmm. I had to work so hard mm-hmm. not to imprint it on other people. On other people, yeah. You get. Yeah. So Rick didn't just appear. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and even today, I'm not like a saint of some sort, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. What I try to make men understand is, first of all, the form of masculinity that has been sold to us We cannot be human beings in that form Mm -hmm. because it means we are okay with hurting people Mm -hmm. and not having consequences Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. What I am advocating for is that you humanize yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Yes, because of how messed up the world is. Mm -hmm. The other thing is women are also human beings. Mm -hmm. They steal, Mm -hmm. they kill. True. They eat fair. True. They do also some things. <laughs> True. <laughs> they True. are human beings. Yeah. And patriarchy does not want you to see that women are human yeah. beings. We yeah. sort of also pedestalize them in the way that, oh, you be like my mother yeah. who took up suffering yeah, yeah. and was also still yep. caring mm-hmm. and loving. And she gave everything all the time. All the you time, know? regardless. And I tell people, yeah. in fact, at home, not even one day, for example, and mm. this is just one example. Mm. Did I ever know that my mother was menstruating? Right. Not even a single day. Right. In fact, it's just my curiosities. That's fascinating. Yes, that one day I just stumbled upon this always part. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I understood was because the, we had these adverts on TV that mm, these girls were dancing right, happily. Yeah, the ink ones. We keep uh, you, ink yeah, on a you pad know. and you're like, okay. And <laughs> that's the only way I connected. Yeah. But... Not one day did I know, okay, mom is going through her menstruation. Mm. Maybe this is how we will support her, support her in the house. But what was that? Nothing. So what is that? Support her? <laughs> it's not even a conversation. It's not even... It's, don't even It doesn't cross your mind. You yeah. get. Yeah. So there are many things that we are very removed from a woman's experiences, mm. especially with her body mm. and her general um, experience as a woman. And I tell guys all the time, you might think that... Uh, it is enough to say you protect your woman mm. because you are born to be a protector. Mm. But the moment that woman leaves that door, mm-hmm. you don't have power. True. 
another dude mm-hmm. will harm her, you mm-hmm. won't do any shit about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Some other guy will grope her, he won't mm-hmm. have anything to mm-hmm. do. You can't do anything mm-hmm. if somebody violates her. Mm-hmm. So your protection, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is an illusion. True. It really is an illusion. True. And I think that's why I have such a difficult time with the statement of not all men. Yeah. That statement asks me beyond because sure you're not violent but what are you doing to yes. support yeah change the men around you yes are you speaking up when they tell you the stories of their violence when you watch them be violent to someone when you watch them forget even physical violence because that's where we focus and say you know yes. what if he didn't hit you it should be fine there's emotional and we know that there's emotional and psychological violence yeah. not just even abuse yeah and we don't talk about it and because i say me me like you mm. said me i protect mm. the women in my life my <laughs> sisters my mom mm, my you know wife my kids my daughters they're fine are they really though it's an illusion <laughs> it's an illusion because outside of you outside of the space that you feel you're curated for them yeah. are they safe really you know they're tough questions those are very hard questions and you see for most of us we project because we don't want to go deep mm-hmm. inside it's mm-hmm. a lot of work and most times we don't even have the tools mm-hmm. to do that because of this uh, idea that a masculine person is overly extroverted mm-hmm. you know you're just uh-huh, mm-hmm. about dominance and mm-hmm. the outside world and everything we do the same with emotions mm-hmm. we just think it's about the outside world the politics the mm-hmm. whatevers the sports the whatevers you know mm-hmm. but when you haven't sorted out what's going on inside you here mm-hmm. you're actually really a dead tree True. you look like you're alive mm. but you're really dead inside True. you see um and so the advocacy really is around there's going to be pain starting to do this emotional work mm-hmm. and it is scary as hell mm-hmm. to face yourself mm-hmm. it is scary as hell to look at yourself in the mirror as a dude and say okay where do i start mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. because we don't know yeah and there's a lot of fear mm-hmm that many of us are living with that if we abandon this masculinity thing the way we've known it mm-hmm. what else is there mm-hmm. what else is there to live yeah. by what know? does life look like yeah because somebody asked me on twitter the other day so now after we remove patriarchy so now <laughs> you see so now what will what life next? be like yeah, yeah. and you see i understand the mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. is because they've not imagined any other life because yeah. this is the only life they've known, they've known yeah. so they fear letting go of it mm. it's scary because now eh uh-huh, so what now next? women watatukalia eh tukaliwe sasa even unataka yeah you see because that's the pushback that exactly we are taking over the women yeah. we're letting them take over yeah. and we're like no no that's not what you're saying there's a middle ground guys and the <laughs> other reality we have to face is uh, the f- you know the fact that women are human beings mm-hmm. all right there are some of them who even with more women's rights who will still be violent mm-hmm. towards other women because mm-hmm. women against women is crazy we don't even talk about I it i feel like that's another conversation <laughs> you know? that we we'll need to have <laughs> exactly yeah women on men and women on children mm. which is another whole thing that's been going on between mothers and their kids yeah. you know yeah but a good chunk mm. of women we are usually really willing to share space mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. from my experience everywhere i've gone mm. women are often really 
quite ready mm-hmm. to share space. Mm-hmm. They are not into, they are not into this power struggles, dynamics, things, yeah. nini, nini. Mm. and uh, you know, there's also been talk about at the, the way at the, I actually wanted to come say this on some podcast, and I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> this thing about a woman is so much in her masculine energy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. CG now, yeah. and with the way we also shame men who we perceive to be in CG acting feminine. like in their feminine, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know? When we say women are acting in their masculine a lot, like mm. it's too much, mm. it's, and this conversation is a lot more in like you know uh, Black American spaces. Mm-hmm. We identify masculine with hardness. Mm-hmm. Yep. With aggression. With aggression. With, you know, um, yes. loudness. Yes. Yeah. You take up space. Yes. Fight back. Exactly. You're, you know, you're, yes. you're literally violent. You're yes. quickly. That's you're just, violence. All that's of it. That's the masculinity right? we are identifying. We identify that being mas- in the masculine energy as mm. being that's masculinity. Mm. But it's not. Mm. It's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. That's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's acting out of trauma will be like that. True. True. So because men have been acting like that for such a long time, we actually now believe that's their nature. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Mm. If you've had to be hardened mm. for such a long time mm-hmm. without expressing your emotions, mm-hmm. the obvious outcome of your behavior <laughs> will be aggression. Yeah. That has nothing to do with your masculinity. True. It is just what life has been done to you. Mm. That's what we need to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. The grief yeah. of the boy mm-hmm. that was stolen away from me mm-hmm. because I was told, Wanaumi Hawali, mm-hmm. because I was told, you have to be the head of the home. Mm-hmm. What if I don't want to be the head of the home? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe I actually want my woman to be the head of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yeah. I don't deserve maybe to be a man. your personalities, you're the most submissive one. Exactly. Maybe I actually submiss- am yeah. the most submissive maybe. one. Maybe yeah. I'm even better with the kids. Mm-hmm. More than she is. Mm-hmm. But we can't imagine that as being a reality mm-hmm. in our lives. And True. yet, in many, many, many homes, mm-hmm. Claire, yeah. the women are the ones who are actually managing yeah. the houses, paying the bills. True. You know. But you see, we say it as a negative. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we don't <laughs> see it. Yeah. Yeah. You, Please, you get at our peer. That's, extreme. That's Nataka why. Tuwale na watoto. It's just there. And that's the thing. We have to be, we have to recalibrate how we approach partnership. Mm-hmm. You get. But before thinking of partnership, it has to be about how we see one another. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, you are a woman. Mm-hmm. But then the thing that has life inside you mm-hmm. is a spirit. Mm-hmm. It's not a woman, it's not man, it's not anything. Mm. It's just a spirit. Mm. And that's how even Africans and all indigenous communities were. Mm. Even our consciousness of God, it was spirit. Mm-hmm. So we had feminine gods mm-hmm. and masculine gods. Mm-hmm. God of fertility, God of sex, God of whatever, yeah. son, whatever. They yeah. took different genders. Yeah. And that's what we knew. We knew people are good at different things, mm-hmm. not just one identity of a people mm-hmm. being good at everything. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. It's dehumanizing. True. All right. True. So may we continue pushing these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the price I've had to pay mm-hmm. to be who I am today. Mm-hmm. And every man who is willing 
or wants to have some kind of peace of mind, you have to be willing to to pay that price. Mm. You this have to world, do the work. Yeah, yeah. This world is so unforgiving to you mm. in many ways. Mm. You've been sad about many things, mm. okay? But until you stop pointing these fingers at people, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same thing. If I was angry about my dad for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I am still angry at him for yeah. a lot of things, yeah. all right? But at some point I realized... This bitterness is eating me up. It's not eating him. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. eating me up. True. I'm not showing up in my relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, my work is suffering. Mm-hmm. I am angry a mm-hmm. lot of time, irritable a lot of time mm-hmm. because of him. So mm-hmm. I centralized him in his life, in my life, and mm-hmm. my life is just there waiting for me to live mm-hmm. it. So I could be angry of patriarchy. I could still be angry at my dad, mm-hmm. but then I have space for myself right. to give space for me to express myself, mm. dance the way I want to dance, mm-hmm. enjoy my life with people around me, yeah. create the reality I want to live by. Right. And I knew deep inside my heart, I have no business trying to dominate anybody. Because mm. I, you know, the funny thing also, there are also women who, with the internalized misogyny, mm. who also want men to be that mm. thing. You know, mm-hmm, and you're like, oh, a man has to be this, and mm-hmm. a man has to be that, true. and a man has to be this. Yeah. And I'm like, sis, please. <laughs> We're not for each other. <laughs> I've done enough of that stuff. Yeah. And the for that. You know? Yeah. I am about let us co-create mm. life together. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us see, okay, so this is where you are today, emotionally, physically, yeah. financially, spiritually, whatever all these facets are. Yeah. How can we merge our lives in a way? that we can enjoy life here, including how to maneuver conflict, mm. which is something else we also don't talk about when we are really happy in these relationships, yeah, okay? Yeah. Beyond all that stuff, can we just humanize one another? True. I was telling a, a, a guy I met at some AI conference last week. Mm. Uh, he was asking me what I do, and I told him, you know, I want you to imagine, for example, us dudes, Never in our lives do we have to think about putting a budget for pads mm-hmm. in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's something that ne- never even cross your mind. At the budget your pads after every month, yeah. Ipe yeah. Unless it's for my daughter, maybe or something. Mm-hmm. But it's not me at me, I'm using it. Yeah, so it's not a cost yeah. Yeah. that I incur out of me being a man, mm-hmm. out of my, my ex- the experiences of my body, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Women incur so many costs just to stay alive. Mm-hmm. You know, just to stay <laughs> just, just maneuver. Me neza kama nikanishi na You know, a woman's life is a little colorful. Mm. It's a little diverse, mm-hmm. you know. And we don't have to fight that. True. We can just collaborate True. with it, True. you know? Yeah. And that means the more I we offer them space to work, mm-hmm. to have security, mm-hmm. to be happier, to be healthier, mm. it means even me, I have higher chances of being happier. True. It really is. So very true. It's like that. Yeah. And because me as Rick's, I know I want to be happier. Mm. I want to be healthier. Mm-hmm. I want everybody else around me mm-hmm. to feel the same. Yeah. So what does that mean? It means 
keeping pads in my home because mm-hmm. I have women who visit mm-hmm. there. Whether mm-hmm. they are one-time visitors, whether they are it's my sister, whoever mm-hmm. they are. Yes. You know, yeah. I try to create space in a way because women do these things for us. True. We go to their homes True. and everybody is just bliss. Like you're just there <laughs> to talk. You're so you know? comfortable. Everything smells you nice. Know? Fresh food. Like, hey, even, even me. Now, even me. You know? I come home to this Sisal mattress. Exactly. And she has to put up with this <laughs> panga in the Why? bathroom. Why? Which is very um, you know, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I encourage men. Nice things, you don't always just have to meet them in women's homes. True. You know, even True. you, you can enjoy them. Yeah. You can have these skin routines if you want. Wacha kuparara kila siku hapa Nairobi. You know, <laughs> you don't have to look like your problems. True. <laughs> you so, know. So true. Yeah. But then again, uh, let us also... um invest in male friendships mm-hmm. you see mm-hmm. very important um tenet yeah. investing in ma- male friends have helped me go through the worst things mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and all my life i've always had really great male friends around me mm-hmm. okay and i share cuz my boys come home all the time and mm-hmm. I, i'm always sharing these things on my instagram stories and people really keep telling me oh you're lucky you're lucky we don't have this we don't yeah, have that yeah. community is what will save our asses True. like True. there's no other way out yeah. i will self care myself to death <laughs> <but that one. laughs> it will only take me up to a up certain, to a certain point, level yeah know? because again you learn from each other you learn from yes. other people's experiences it's yeah. better to learn that way than to learn everything that yeah. way yeah like when you're going through a heartbreak yeah. there's only so much you can do for you by your own true. you know true true yeah. i i i talk to those boys like your man hey mazoyo dema meni ameniweza you know kuna kitu liapen hapa jo si feel poor and they come home and we play fifa or we cook or we yeah. do something yeah. and they just spend time with me and we do the same for each other yeah. you see si kila saati wewe mnakunywa tu alafu watu wanaenda home haujaongea but that's such an important point because like you you've mentioned several times Again, we don't have the male role models that we yes. should have had from the beginning, but then can we create them amongst our circles mm-hmm. now? Because I feel like men also were shut down. You're shut down very early. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to communicate your feelings. You're not supposed to um show emotion. Yeah. Except of course rage, but yeah. don't show emotion. Yeah. Um you're not supposed to you don't really have circles where it's safe to have a conversation without being made to feel like now that you're being effeminate. Mm-hmm. Now you're being hey, umekuwa mama una complain na lia macho nini acha mama. So we need to change those narratives and the only way I feel like we can is by your example start within your own community. Change yeah. the narrative with you and your boys. Yes. Because again, it's very difficult for men to listen to women. So me coming in to tell you this is how you should <laughs> But it's also funny Claire you mentioned that because um it's funny you mentioned that because in my life mm. women have taught me more to be a man mm-hmm. than men have But I think also it's because you're receptive as opposed to the standard maybe <laughs> because that could be it It's very difficult to have that conversation you're shut out just because you're a woman Like yeah. what would you know about boys? Yeah. Single mothers suffer this narrative all the time. What do you know about raising men? Yeah. And what business do you have? Like in, you need to get the men in your life, but yeah. sometimes the men in her life are as toxic as they come. Yeah. So what choice does she have? Yeah. So I mean, this is a conversation we could have <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. I think it raises more questions than it does answers. 
But I think just having the conversations themselves, having like in your space, having boys you can talk to, people you can open up to who are men going through similar situations and you're able to work around because a lot of our issues can be solved by communication. Mm. And even in the circles that you're in, you can start it. You mm. don't necessarily, I know there are people who will say, but my boys are not like that. Yeah. But you can be the one to start. Yeah. Like do it yeah. afraid. I mean, <laughs> even in my space, I'm the one who began being vocal about being allies to feminism. Mm -hmm. They didn't get it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they also asked me those very difficult questions, right, but I yeah. stuck it out. I was yeah, there yeah. every day. Like, mm -hmm. guys, we have to think, because at the end of the day, Claire, you see, today, uh, there is really high likelihood that if I want to marry or date uh, a, a chick, right, mm -hmm. for heterosexual men at least, mm -hmm. There's high likelihood I'm going to meet somebody who's been sexually harassed, mm -hmm. who's been abused mm -hmm. in very many forms, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. That is almost 100% certainty, mm. okay? So I cannot separate myself yeah. from this conversation because, right. oh, I will still want a mother to my kids. I want a functioning girlfriend, like mm -hmm. we put it. Mm. I have to care about these things because... Mm -hmm. The woman I potentially will marry is not some saint who came clean as hell from mm -hmm. Uranus mm -hmm. or Jupiter. Mm -hmm. They are living here yeah. and they are watching what we are doing, mm -hmm. what we are saying on these social media platforms. Yeah. They're experiencing. Ex they're experiencing they're this violence. They're on the receiving end of the violence. Exactly. Yeah. So not all men, mm -hmm. I am part of that chaos. Mm -hmm. If I don't speak up, True. I am enabling True. that chaos. True. If I pretend, oh, Miss Jaif Pigamonamke, I am contributing because I'm sure. saying there are other men who are doing it. And it's just okay. that, yeah, as me, I'm just not, not one of them. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. get that is very white supremacist thinking. It's also very colonial thinking because it's about divide and rule. Mm. All right. Mm -hmm. The moment we think of separatedness yeah. in how we build community, mm. we've already failed. True. All right. True. So, could these um, misconceptions about who good men and bad men are and mm -hmm. because if I'm a dude and I'm saying I even want to see women better, I mm -hmm. have to care about the things that affect women. It's It ends it's there. It's basic. True. You get. True. If I care about men being better, I have to care about the things that men are going through. I have mm -hmm. to care about them. Mm -hmm. For the longest time in our homes, it's our mothers and the women in our lives who've cared about men mm -hmm. and nursing them back to life. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. When it's our turn, we abandon the women. True. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I know it's a difficult conversation. There probably is going to be a lot of hate <laughs> even after this. Yep. But <laughs> it's... True. The only way through, we have to go through this mud. Mm. And for men who are honest about having healthy families, let us start talking to one another. True. Yeah. True. I think I could talk to you all day. <laughs> and then this episode will be five hours long. So instead, I'll have you back <laughs> for another one. And we'll back. continue the conversation. But for now, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Um, for those who have survived this long, because this is going to be a long one. <laughs> Thank you for listening in, watching, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the comments, to reading your DMs, because I'm going to hope 
that there's not going to be that much hate. You and me know different because, <laughs> you know, the way people are <laughs> online, I don't, I don't know. But I'm hoping that by listening, you've understood where we're coming from and you've challenged yourself a little bit to do with your own role as a man in the community, as a woman in the community, in our society today, trying to ask yourself harder questions about what you can do better or what your role can be to change the narrative. You don't have to be an activist. You don't have to go on the street. But how are you living your day-to-day -day experience? How are the people around you experiencing life with you in it? And I'll leave those questions there and um, invite you to join me for the next episode next week. In the meantime, please reach out. Social media handles are in the description. Um, you can always DM because I know some of these things people want to remain a bit anonymous. And maybe one of these days I'll have Rick's back to address the comments <laughs> <laughs> and the questions sure. that are sent in. Uh, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. <laughs>